we've all experienced it, where you you know call into the the provider to have a question about a bill, and they send you to talk to the payer to say, well, this is what we got paid for, this is what we submitted. Hello, and welcome to HIMSCast. I'm Susan Morse, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. I am here today with Michael Axt, who is Chief Member Empowerment Officer for Zealous. Welcome, Michael. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me. And this podcast series is brought to you by Zealous. Zealous harnesses data-driven insights and human expertise at scale to optimize every step of the healthcare payment cycle. I'd like to start out with asking you about your expertise and experience, what you do for Zealous, and how that fits in with the patient financial journey. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, What I do, so my role as Chief Member Empowerment Officer, I I think is sort of encapsulated in that title. Uh, My role at Zealous is to connect the capabilities across the entire Zealous organization and our multiple business units to really untap our capabilities and meeting the needs of the member and empowering the member to take greater control of their healthcare financial journey and the payments process that they go through in navigating healthcare. How has that expectation changed since COVID? Is that changed? Do people expect more or, are, you know, what are the expectations now? Well, I think even even beyond sort of the the payments and the financial aspect uh, with COVID, expectations have changed pretty dramatically. Um, probably not stating anything that people don't already know, but you know, across the board, American consumers are more open to digital solutions and engagement. Right? It's apparent in how we're working today in more virtual models, how we shop. Uh, perhaps one of the most transformative trends in digitization is in healthcare, with how we're engaging in medical care itself through. Telehealth, telehealth and other solutions. And um, I think, you know, clearly if patients are willing to adopt digital and virtual engagement for their medical care and their, and their, guidance, their clinical guidance, um, they're going to expect a digitized offering for the administrative aspects and the financial activities in their healthcare journey. Um, I would add, though, I think like this acceleration of digital solutions and virtual engagement to me is an and, right? This isn't, this, this means it's in addition to in-person service engagement. It's not a 100% replacement of those types of solutions, right? So while COVID might have increased our adoption of, uh, of digital tools and, and digital solutions, um, you know, we're increasingly engaged with colleagues and clients via Zoom, but we still, we still want to, we still need to have in-person meetings for certain discussions and for social, social connections. Um, we can buy our groceries online, but it's still nice to have that real-time convenience and access to the, you know, the store down the street. And I think similarly, we, we want to be able to find a doctor. We want to be able to schedule care. We want to be able to get billed and pay all online um, and go through that financial journey with digital enablement. But healthcare is often con- con- really confusing. And so I think we still need and, and, and frankly still want to have access to a person to answer our questions. So I think it has accelerated our expectations in, in digital engagement, um, but I don't think it has this this sort of transition over the, over the past few years with COVID has necessarily replaced the need for also having that, uh, that support as well. Are you saying that then that people want to both have uh, the ability to talk with their provider or payer via their phone, but they also want to be able to pick up their phone and call and talk to somebody or meet with them in person or all of the above? 
Well, I do think it's all the above. Um, and obviously it depends on the person, the individual preference and, and uh, the person involved. Uh, but I think, you know, as we look at it, as I think about uh, the solutions of member empowerment, I look at it as we need to be able to provide the digital solutions, the real-time access and the information in the patient's or the member's hand uh, to, you know, engage directly on their own time through tools and technology that we can bring to bear. Now, as I said before, like, they may also need support for explaining that, that they aren't able to get fully through digital means. So how do you also offer, you know, concierge or other other person-to-person uh, -person support? But I do think the front end, and I do think we can get the majority of the way there through, you know, direct digital engagement and digital solutions. Can you give me some example of digital engagement? Are we talking about apps, text? What, uh, what solutions? Answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the answer is yes, uh, and, and I think that's one of the one of the things that the industry has to solve for, which is meeting the patient or meeting the member uh, via you know when, where, and via the media that that member or patient wants to engage in. Um, so you know, for some people it might be a text. I think for others it, it might be a website. Uh, for others it might be a mobile app that they you know can engage with real time and as they're going about their, their daily activities. Uh, so I do, I do think the answer is yes, and the solutions have to be able to be delivered through um, you know, these, these multiple media to, to address the clients or the, the members' uh, direct needs. What about between payers and providers? You know, uh, communicating through digital uh, optimization, what's happening there? Well, I think there's a couple of dimensions to that. And, and I'll, first, I'll take it from sort of the patient's perspective or the member's perspective. And I think um, what healthcare consumers want in that payer-provider dynamic is to have better alignment between their payer, their insurance company, and their provider, their doctor, their hospital, uh, so that the member or the patient isn't stuck in the middle, right? You hear these stories of, and we've all experienced it, um, where you, you know, call into the, the provider to have a question about a bill and they send you to talk to the payer to say, well, this is what we got paid for, this is what we submitted, you need to go talk to your insurance company to understand what's covered, and the insurance company, you know, says, you, oh, well, actually, here's what got, you know, they billed, but if they had billed this, it would have been covered, so you call your provider to get it cleaned up. You know, I won't go through all the details of the back and forth, but it, it sort of forces the consumer to wear two hats, right? You sort of one as a patient and engaging with the, with the provider, another is a member trying to understand what your coverage is and your benefits and your what what's um what the, your insurance carrier is providing, um, and really what we need is an experience that is coordinated and aligned, so that you know we can have one source of the truth, understand what has what has transacted, what's taken place, what's still remaining, and what is what is needed of us to um, fulfill that payment or understand that bill or whatever it might be, but having that you know coordinated view. And that alignment between the parent and provider so that, you know, we as members and con consumers of healthcare can engage effectively and, and transact on what needs to be transacted. Can you, yeah, can you talk about that alignment and how that happens? I mean, how, how can the patient avoid, you know, calling the provider, calling their, their payer and, and getting information? Well, I don't think this requires a reinvention of the payer-provider relationship. Um, and I don't think this is, you know version, you know, having to rebuild an information superhighway between payers and providers. Uh, I think we can deliver on much of this with the existing infrastructure in place in healthcare today, right? But 
I think there's a couple of things. I think one is really driving the digital connection uh, between the payer and the provider. Um, you know, for today, it's surprising. Like we're in 2022 and we've been talking, you know, just for the past couple of minutes about digital engagement and solutions. Um, but when you look at the data, 86% of patients still receive paper, paper medical bills from their provider. 88% of providers still receive paper checks and explanation of payments from at least one of their payers. You know, and that's, I mean, when you think about where we are and how, um, how digitized society is, that's kind of staggering. And frankly, yeah. it's incredibly costly when you think about the human power required, the paper costs, like all of that, all of the just management of that, of that um, paper, and not to mention the impact on the, on the provider and the delay in their cash flow. Um, so I think there's a component around, about this around just adopting the, the tools are there, right? We're not talking, like I said, we're not talking about having to create something new. There are tools and connections today that payers and providers can access to process the communications, uh, to process the payments in near real time or at least same day uh, between one another. And I think it's really about addressing this waste and connecting the solutions, connecting the capabilities through the digital, these existing, in, the existing infrastructure um, between the payer and provider. And then with, that, with that, those connections, bringing the solutions to engage the member, right? And, and having them have access to the information and having them engaged into that, that same information flow so that they're engaged in their financial journey and they will, they're able to execute on that financial journey. Well, what's needed? Is it technology uh, adoption? Is it just being willing to do things online rather through paper? I've heard, you know, in many instances, fax machines are still in use. And, um, <laughs> yeah, which it seems crazy. Uh, you know, CMS years ago said throw away your fax machines, but for some reason they're still needed. Um, so how can things be changed? I, I hear patients say they get an explanation of benefits. They still don't understand it. And, they, and many people still think it's a, it's a bill, even though it says right across the top, this is not a bill. Yeah, 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 very true. Well, we can only hope for the de demise of the fax machine. I think um, <laughs> I think the legal and medical professions are the, are the two professions keeping, keeping, uh, keeping fax machines around. Um, yeah. There's a, there's, so there's a lot to that question. I, I think, um, you know, as I think about it, you said, what is needed to solve this? Yes. I don't know that it's, I'll take that question first. I don't know that it, it is that we need to build, you know, there, uh, you know, like I mentioned, like uh, fundamentally change the infrastructure of healthcare. The salute, the connections are there. It's about driving adoption within the, within the system, within the healthcare system. And I think it's also in terms of how do you engage and deliver this to the consumer? It's not that the consumers need more solutions, right? We're not looking for more apps out there, um, more tools. There's, there's a lot of solutions out there. I think what it is is we need to connect those pieces. And there's right now kind of a disjointed mix of single, of, of single point solutions, right, that are often maybe focused on more provider-focused or more, more payer-focused, probably focused on a specific step in uh, the member or patient's journey through, through healthcare. Um, and because of that, these sort of in these separate point solutions, they're not fully optimized for the consumer, right? The healthcare consumer, uh, they're not capturing the data flows between the payer and the provider. They're not capturing sort of the full view of the member's experience. And so it's not so much that we need 
more solutions. It's that we need to bring the capabilities, the platform capabilities to connect those pieces together and deliver a more integrated and coordinated experience uh, for the member uh, or the patient, depending on how you think about it. But to, to deliver on that, um, again, built off the existing infrastructure that's already connecting the payers and the providers today for processing communications and processing payments and really delivering a lot of this stuff um, if, we, if we could drive that, that digital adoption of those solutions today. Uh, well, then how can the patient experience be more personalized and how can they be reached in this way so they understand, oh, here's what my payer is doing, here's what my provider is doing. I understand this now. It, you know, I think it's about making healthcare. It, it, this this isn't a groundbreaking insight, but if you if you look at your experience in the um, in other industries, it's kind of embarrassing what we're forced to deal with in healthcare yeah. uh, as as members as patients, right? And so, um, I think consumers want you know the they want the experience in healthcare that they have in the rest of their digital lives, whether it's uh, shopping or financial services or whatever. But so, you know, let's, I, Amazon, as I, I think of Amazon not as sort of a, a shopping a shopping tool, but more of sort of like a platform. Um, it's not just a store, but it's, it's this platform. And it's, it's not the perfect analogy, but if you think about the things that they have, I mean, they've got the ability to, I can create my shopping list, I can manage my cart, I can track deliveries, I can see my prior purchases, I can track returns. Um, in fact, if I've set up my family as part of my account, I can see other purchases of my family. I can access Prime and you know, multiple things outside of the core of the, the shopping experience at Amazon across the platform. Um, and I think it's, like, in terms of making it more personalized, it's, it's delivering that same type of experience to the member uh, where, you know, I won't, I won't go into the details, but it's like not having to piece together all the pieces myself from all these different solutions or from all these, you know, frankly today, from different paper, from, from different bills and from different EOBs, but having a platform where I can engage and I can, you know, see the doctors that I, you know, I can have access to and see these are the doctors that are, that are, that I use. These are the appointments that I've scheduled and these are the appointments that I've been to. Um, I can see for my upcoming appointment and what I've got scheduled, an estimate of my potential out-of-pocket obligation based on the charge that, you know, the network charges with that provider, um, my insurance plan and benefits coverage, my remaining deductible. Um, when I, after I complete my appointment, I can connect my bill to that appointment to see when I've been billed for an appointment, what, what appointments are still have outstanding bills. Uh, when that bill arrives, I can link it to my payer information and understand how that EOB, what's on my explanation of benefits, reconciles with what's on that bill that's been submitted. So I can see that, oh yes, the insurance company has, has adjudicated this claim, they've paid their portion, you know, and I can understand what I, that, you know, it's ready for me to pay. And I can transact, not just the information, but I can transact on those steps in the process. So when I say, oh, yep, I got everything I need, I'm ready to pay, I can, I can pay right there on the, on the tool and not have to go over here to do something else uh, or some other application or go to my online banking or set up a new account because I'm logging into the provider's payment system or whatever. Like, it's all right there on a single platform. Um, so when you ask about how can you personalize it for a member, I mean, for me, that's sort of the, the personalization of all those pieces are connected and I can see both my current, my past, and my scheduled journeys as I'm, as I'm navigating healthcare and having visibility to 
what I've done, what's outstanding, and how all the different information from my payer and provider reconciles uh, to give me confidence that, you know, this is correct, I'm ready to pay, and, uh, you know, move on and execute against that. I can see that. So you finally understand what, you're, what you actually owe as compared to what's been paid or what the insurer says you owe. It's, it's an understanding of what you owe rather than the, uh, a billing experience that you feel doesn't really work for you. Exactly, exactly. It's, um, it's having an understanding. And it's, I, I mean, I think you can, it's, I think there's basically like three pretty simple things that help to deliver on this, right? Uh, with what you were describing, which I, I agree with. And it's, and this is what I'm saying, like, this is, there are a lot of pieces that need to be connected. So I'm not implying that this is easy, but I actually think with some, um, you know, you know, pretty, pretty clear action, we can deliver this. And if you think about what, what I just described, what does that take? Well, I think it's basically like three things. Like we need to give the member access to the information, right? And again, I, I've described like that information today is flowing between the pair and the provider um, through the, through the infrastructure, right? The, the payment remittances, the claim submission, all that stuff is digitized and it's flowing. We need to give the member access to the information. We need to enable and educate the member on, to understand that information, right? So they, 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 they can actually understand what it means and they can, digest what's what's in my explanation of benefits like actually help you know, explain this to me how do i reconcile this with you know the benefits that i thought i signed up for at the beginning of the year right. how does that reconcile with the, the bill that i'm looking at you know on the app side by side with the eob so there is a degree of sort of education and explanation that that needs to be added to the inf to exposing the information it's not just enough to expose it you actually have to help them understand it and then and that's important so all, all of these are important and then the third one is empowering them to act and execute on that information, right? So if it's pre-service, giving them the tools to actually make a decision on which provider they want to schedule it with and go forward and schedule that appointment, right? I mean, I can't tell you the number of times where I'm, you know, I'm looking for a doctor and I don't have time during work hours, so it's on, you know, a Sunday evening or whatever. Well, obviously they're not open to schedule an appointment, and I actually go months before I get a schedule, but I'm like, yeah, you know what, I'm fine. I don't need to. Um, you know, and, and same, and all the way through the post-service uh, solutions and being able to sort of, again, all that information is helpful, understanding it, but then transact and take action on it to actually process payment. So it's not like, oh, I got to wait for the doctor office tomorrow to open tomorrow to call in to process payment, or I got to go in and create a new account to pay this somewhere else, or I could go to this other tool. It's like, it's all right there. My, the information is available. I understand the information, and, I've, and I'm empowered to act and execute through this, through this single source of, uh, of a solution. For me, that's, um, that's the personalized solution that, that, that members and patients need. I can see where it benefits providers. They get paid faster and uh, the payment cycle. But when you talk about empowering the, the patient, how much is a question of trust? I mean, uh, consumers today, some are struggling with medical debt. How much, how do you gain a consumer's trust that the information is correct, that this is what I owe, and if I pay it, I know that's the correct amount of what I owe. I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a big question, and actually one of the significant sources of value of having a coordinated platform like this, right? When you can um, deliver the information and explain the information, and it's not sort of as it's delivered today, which is sort of a, a, a point mailing, 
that you then have to reconcile. Wait, what was this? What was this expansion of benefits? What provider bills does this tie to? Like, you're not leaving the member to sort of navigate and understand that themselves. You're actually kind of you're connecting those pieces and guiding them through that reconciliation, educating them on the details. Uh, you know, giving them the opportunity to connect it back to understand how it links to their benefits. So I, I think the trust comes from the fact that um, that the data is it, it, the data is available. The explanations are made are, are clear and upfront, and the pieces are connected. So they're they're not having to try to do that decoder ring themselves or translate <laughs> all these different pieces themselves. Like it's it is it does become their decoder ring to understand it. I think that's how you build the trust. Um, no one out like. No one in the system is trying to present inaccurate information or trying to make this confusing or, you know, there's any reason not to trust any side of this, um, you know, of what is a con- oftentimes a confusing journey through healthcare. Um, it's just that, you know, members, members struggle to digest the information. Patients struggle to digest the information. And if you can bring it to them in a, in a more coherent way, uh, I do think you would build that trust and have them have confidence like, I got it. Like, this makes sense. Um, you bring up obviously the challenges of medical bills there that that remains where there's we there's still a need and an opportunity to figure out how we can help to offset the costs of you know the high cost of care and how you can provide support and other financing solutions uh, there's still there's still that open issue but at least now you've got the information and the, and the hopefully the trust in that information um, to to understand and act yeah. Uh, of course, Celis works in this space. What kind of success has, uh, have you had with this? Well, we're super excited. Uh, in tail end of 2021, with, we closed the acquisition of Sapphire Digital. Uh, and that really is our, I would say, accelerated launch into starting to build the capabilities to produce this, this type of platform. Uh, Sapphire Digital is a leading navigation transparency solution that provides uh, searching, shopping, scheduling, and full transparency of costs uh, for members um, serving the health plans and, and employers. Uh, and it's just a great, great addition to the Zealous team, and we're super excited to add them and their capabilities. And that is, like, that's sort of what I've been describing. That is the digital front door to opening this opportunity to expand into delivering on this holistic platform and this, this full suite of solutions as, you're, as we're empowering the member through their, uh, through their payments journey of healthcare. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And this podcast has been brought to you by Zealous. Zealous harnesses data-driven insights and human expertise at scale to optimize every step of the healthcare payment cycle. And um, thank you for being on our uh, HIMSCast podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.